Pastor's house. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. Mm. Amen. Amen. I still hear some pages turning, so we're going to wait. Amen. I preach and teach from the New Living Translation for those of you who are guests of the house. Um, it's the same word of God. It may read a little slightly differently than your King James Version, but it's still the same word. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. And the word of the Lord reads, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long, how high and how deep his love is. Verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and most especially the doing of his word. Would you pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you and we give you glory for this worship encounter. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your sanctuary and to meet you here, Father. We pray now in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit would arrest this moment, that you would saturate this atmosphere with your very presence from the ceiling to the floor, from the pulpit to the door. In the name of Jesus. Bless us all, Father, under the sound of my voice, that our ears would be open and that our spirit man would be receptive to the, the engrafting of your word, the seed of your word, and that when your seed of your word comes forth, God, that it would find good lodging in the soil of our spirit man. And then the results shall be fruit and more fruit, and much fruit shall remain. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for a life-changing revelation. Thank you for opening up and unpacking this word, God, and sharing with us what the spirit of the Lord is saying to his church in this season. We thank you, God, now, God, for Liberty Christian Center, all her partners, all her friends. We pray now, Father, in this year of purpose that you would help us to understand that it is your will for the church to get back to the basics. We thank you, Father, and we give you the glory. And now unto him that's able to present us faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, you, Father, be glory and majesty, dominion and power. And now the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. While you go into your seats, look at somebody and just very quickly, just say this with me. Say, knowing him fully. Knowing him fully. For, for the sake of those of you who were not with us on last Sunday, I'd like to, to rehash some things and to re really share with you what I shared last Sunday real briefly in a synopsis. It's just to let you know that 2018 is the year of purpose. And we are going back to the prevailing purpose for the church, not just Liberty Christian Center, but for Christ's church. Amen? And just in case you haven't or you've forgotten or you don't know, the prevailing purpose for the church is to show the world Jesus Christ. Amen? Um, when Jesus was having his conversation with Peter in the, 14th, in the 16th chapter of Matthew, and Peter identified him as thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, and Jesus says that flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. We discussed last week about the rock being the revelation of Christ being made known. Amen. Somebody say that with me. Say, revelation of Christ known. That's the rock. Not Peter, not a physical rock, but the revelation that God gave him through the spirit of God of who Jesus Christ really is. Amen, somebody. That's the basis to establish the church, to tell the world who Jesus is. Amen? Now, all of the other things that we do should only point to who Jesus is. 
We do a lot of other stuff, but that should all take us back to the central theme of who Christ is. He's the Savior of the world. He's the Messiah. He's the only begotten Son of the Father. That thing should be driven home in everything we do and how we do it. Uh-oh. Amen, somebody. That theme that he is the only begotten Son of the Father, that he's the Messiah, that he's the Savior of the world, that he is the firstborn of many. Hallelujah. That he is our Redeemer, our Deliverer, our Healer. All of that should be driven home of who he is. Tap somebody say, I serve him because of who he is. Not because of all that he's doing for me, but just because of who he is. Okay. I'm convinced that if more churches would focus in on making Christ known and not their own name or their own church name known, then the world would be changed by the impact the church would make. If we would focus in on making Christ, lifting Christ, then the world wouldn't see the church as such a problem. They would see Jesus as a solution to all of our problems. Instead of focusing on what we are doing or what we want to do, we need to focus in on what Christ has already done on Calvary and what he is doing in the lives of his people. We will see a major difference when we change our focus from what we want to do to what he wants done. Amen. Somebody talk about impact the communities. Churches would really impact communities when we stop doing what we want to do and do what the father said do. But as long as we remain focused on ourselves and what we desire, we will accomplish very little to impact the community. Amen, somebody. No real change will take place until, look, there it is, Proverbs 19 and 20. You can make many plans, but only the Lord's purpose prevails. Tell somebody, say, only the Lord's purpose. So the only thing that's going to prevail and do anything great in the kingdom is what's the Lord's purpose. Amen, somebody. So we can do a whole lot of stuff we plan, but it ain't going to have no real impact unless the Lord purposes in it. Amen, somebody. So if we have a block party and we don't lift Jesus, it ain't going to prevail. Amen, somebody. So I need us to understand that, that, that I'm at a place now where I don't just want to do church. Did y'all hear what I just said? I don't just want to do church. I want to make an impact in the world for Jesus. Anybody with me? I don't want to just come here on Sundays and Wednesdays. I really want to help people's lives to get better. I really want to introduce them to Jesus for real. But I found this out. It's hard for us to introduce people to Jesus when we don't know him ourselves. Can I just walk through here for a minute right quick? It's, 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 it's easy for me to say I know somebody when I really don't know it. A lot of people say they know me. But they don't know me. Because when you know somebody, you have an intimate relationship with them. Amen, somebody. I may be acquainted with you and may even know your name. I may even know where you hang out. That don't mean I know you. I may know where you work at. I may know what kind of car you drive. I may know what you do. But I don't know you unless I spend time with you. And there are a lot of people who are acquainted with Jesus, but they don't know him. Even church folks are acquainted with what he's done and with what he's doing. You know where he hang out at. You know he's here every Sunday and every Wednesday night at Liberty Christian. So you show up. You're like, I just need to be in his presence. Sometimes you just need to be around. Yeah, I get it. But you still need to know him. Ain't nothing like knowing him. See, when you, when, you, when you have an intimate relationship, when it's intimate, there is a, an exchange. I give him me, he gives me him. I give him me, he gives me I can see him, he can see so he. So when you are intimate with him, he gives revelation to you on deeper levels. He shows you things he don't show acquaintances. That's how come some of y'all come to church and be like, how he find that? I'm intimate with him, baby. I'm intimate with him. He's, he communicates secrets to me that he don't share with everybody. Some stuff he reveals to me, he don't share with people who are not his friends. Yeah. 
See, acquaintances and friends are, are quote-unquote, in our day, synonymous terms. That's why all them people on your Facebook page, they ain't your friend. Some of us have people we call friends who don't even know us. Facebook done messed us up, y'all. The book of faces done messed us up. Some of you have thousands of friends. I have thousands of friends on Facebook. On friends. Thousands of people listed as friends on Facebook. Do you know probably 800 of them I have never personally interacted with? Because some people want to be connected to you because they, they want to be connected to you because you connected to her. And then they want to be connected to apostle because apostle's connected to mama. They don't know mama, but they only be connected to Dr. Williams because Dr. Williams no apostle, and apostle no mama, and mama no pastor. Right. Right. So now, that person that's Dr. Williams' friend think he need to be my friend. Right. Right. Can, I, can I break this down for you? I'm going to show you. Watch this now. Okay, so Jonathan has friends, and he knows Sister Parks. So Jonathan's friends think they should know Sister Parks. So they tap in and say, well, I know Sister Parks because Jonathan knows Sister Parks, and that ain't true. And then Sister Park's friends know, know um, uh, Minister Griffin. Minister Griffin's friends don't know Sister Park or Jonathan, but because he knows both of them, they think they need to be connected. <laughs> Sound like the church, don't it? Because mama knows Jesus, and the pastor know mama, and the apostle know the pastor, and we know mama, and she know Jesus, we know Jesus. No! The only way I can know Jesus is if I skip mama and go to Jesus for myself. She can acquaint me with him. She can even introduce me to him. But I will never get to know him intimately until I leave mama out of my conversations with him. Too many of us are having conversations with the Lord through somebody else. And you do know that if you tell somebody your story, they will always change by the time they get to Jesus. And some stuff, I just need to keep between me and the Lord. There's some things I don't never want y'all to find out about me. Uh-oh. You can't handle it on that level. But I'm so grateful that the Lord is intimate with me. And I can tell him my deepest, darkest secrets. And he ain't going to tell nobody. There's a, there's a level of intimacy with the Lord that causes me to trust him on a whole nother level. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, say, I trust him. Even when I, look, even when I doubt myself, I trust him. Because I have even disappointed myself, but he ain't never failed me. He ain't never disappointed me. He's always been faithful to his word to me. <sighs> Am I the only one of you who can look at themselves and say, you done disappointed yourself? You done messed up yourself. You, you know, yeah, you know. New Year's, uh, I'm going to lose a few pounds. I'm going to get to exercise a little bit more. You're all excited. And then two weeks in, you're like, oh, Lord Jesus. Out your name, man. Amen. And then we got to get to the point where we understand that even though we fail ourselves, he will never fail us. Whew. Okay, okay. Okay. We got to get to the point where we understand that when we get people to really understand that, that we got we to gotta cause them to know the name of Jesus, not our name. Okay. If, if they would call your name before they call on the Lord, then you have taken the Lord's place. If you call the intercessors before you call Jesus yourself, you have no relationship with him. If you don't know Jesus for yourself, you will call everybody and tell them to call him. You know, you know when, when, when people want to get a hold of me that don't know me, they call Elder Miller. Because Elder Miller know everybody. <laughs> I ain't never met a man. I thought I didn't meet strangers. My wife said, you don't meet no strangers. No, but my buddy, he ain't never met a stranger. I see him on the fishing pier with people we ain't never seen before. By the time we leave, he got their phone number, he know all this stuff about them, and they walk, they fishing buddies. I took him golfing down, man, y'all gotta hear this, I took him golfing. Me and him and Tanisha played in a golf tournament. 
down in Austin. We played. They hooked us up with two other people. We don't know them people from Adam. They on the course. They drinking and they doing their thing. We just playing golf, trying to win this little thing. And, and they just having a good time. By the time we finished them 18 rounds ago, Miller had their phone number, knew where they went fishing at, what kind of fish they were catching. I was like, wow. <laughs> so watch this. He know them, and they know him. But when we left, they still didn't know me and Tanisha. <laughs> but if I want to go fishing with them guys, all they got to do is call. So some of us believe that's the same way with God. That I don't have to be intimate with him. I can just call Miller. Miller's intimate with him. Intimate to the point that he can call God to move. Woo! But look, watch this. Do you not know that you have the same power? You have access to the same access points that he have? The problem is you don't exercise it enough to believe it. See, when, when you don't just get comfortable in it, you get confident in it. See, I'm not just comfortable praying. I'm confident in my prayers. Some of us won't pray. We say, I can't pray in public because I'm not comfortable with that. Well, I ain't got to be comfortable to be confident. Because my confidence is in Christ, not in my being comfortable. I don't have to impress you. I ain't even got to impress him. All I got to do is confess it to him. My speech may not be all that articulate, but it's effective. It's powerful and it's effective because my prayer life is fervent. My prayer life is full of, look, it's hot, it's passionate. God can hear my passion and my, look, I don't pray, mm, Lord Jesus, I'm just. Sometimes I had to tell the Lord, God, I need you like right now. You need to move in this situation. I ain't trying to be all dignified and all pretty. I don't mind breaking a sweat and getting my shirt dirty because I can get a new one. Amen. I don't mind getting a little makeup on my clothes because I can get a new set of clothes. I ain't worried about your eyebrow or our mascara running. If you can touch Jesus, you need to tap into it. Oh, I can't let my eyebrows get messed. I pay too much money for my eyes. <laughs> You're more concerned with them old eyes you see with in the natural than you are about the spiritual eyes that God's trying to open through prayer. When we learn to call on that great name, the name of the Lord, that's a strong tower, the one that the righteous run into and are saved. When we learn to call on the name of the Lord, we come to the real knowledge that he is the one, the name that given, no other name given under heaven by which men may be saved. When you tap into that, you realize you can't call mama. You can't call daddy. You can't call sister, brother. You can't call whoever, pastor, deacon, elder. You can't call them. You got to call on the Lord. We got to convince the world that his name is marvelous, that his name is wonderful, that his name is powerful. His name is glorious. That's why this first quarter, we are refocusing. Tell somebody to say focus. We are refocusing. That means we are adjusting our spiritual eyes from plans and promises to the person. Because if we would understand, if we would focus in on the person of Christ, then the plans and the promises follow him. Amen, somebody. Everybody want the plans and everybody want the promises. Do you want the person? Because if you get Christ, all of them promises come with it. The promises of the Lord are yes and a where? In Christ. The problem is we know it's yes and amen, but we forgot the in Christ part. Okay, so we refocus. We're going to really understand that we need to know Christ. Now watch this. Even those of us who know him, we need to know him more. Tell somebody to say, we need to know him more fully. There's greater revelation for even those of you who are intimate with him. There's a whole nother level of intimacy. Amen, somebody. My wife and I had been married 20 years and we tapped into a whole nother level of intimacy. Amen, somebody. There was a whole nother step. Mm. She became even more beautiful. She became even more radiant when we tapped into that next level of intimacy. 
when you tap into the next level of intimacy with God, he becomes more beautiful. He becomes more precious. He becomes more powerful. He becomes more impactful in your life when you tap into the next level of intimacy. Just, just so we're on the, the same accord. <laughs> I need you to get this. Our intimacy level with the Lord can't be like any of our other relationships. The depth of the intimacy of the relationship we should have with Christ should not compare to the depth of relationships we have with anybody else. Amen, somebody. I love my children, but I love the Lord more. I love my wife, but I love the Lord more. I love my mama. I love Liberty Christian Center, but I love the Lord more. Amen. My level of intimacy with him causes me to love him on a whole nother level. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I- I'm going to share this with you. It's going to blow your mind. I've seen it today too. You know, Eli is engaged to my daughter. <laughs> and when we first met Eli, there were certain points in my house he didn't go in. A year ago, he didn't have access to certain parts of the house. <laughs> you don't know me like that. You know Tanisha, but you don't know me like that. This is my house. Amen? But today, I saw Eli in my bedroom talking with my wife. He would have never did that a year ago. But because the relationship has shifted, he now has access. Somebody going to catch this. The intimacy has grown. So now he can get access past that threshold. There's still other things he don't have access to just yet. But he has at least gained access to say, you know what? I can knock on the door and go in there. <laughs> Somebody going to catch this in a minute. You can't. Look, there's some level of intimacy that's between me and her that nobody ain't going to get in. Other than the Lord. Y'all getting it? You can knock all you want to. Amen, somebody. Somebody going to catch this in a minute. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm really trying to help somebody. Because, see, some of us don't understand that the reason why you don't have access to what Sister Mimi got access to is because you won't knock. The door is there. All you got to do is knock, ask, seek, and knock. That's it. Ask him for it. Seek him and his will and knock. And look what you tell him. Say, don't stop knocking. Don't stop knocking until he answers the door. Amen. There's some spiritual stuff that you've been knocking on the door for a long time. You, you Don't give up. Keep asking the Lord. Say, God, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this gift to manifest in my life. Amen. Somebody. Somebody up in here been praying. God, give me the gift of tongues. Keep knocking. Give me the gift of healing. Keep knocking. Give me the gift of your love. Keep knocking. Hallelujah. Give me the gift of serving. See, most people miss that. Service is a gift. (laughs) The ministry of serving is really a gift. And you cannot do it without being gifted in that area. You can pretend for only so long, and then when the people show up, they get on your last nerve, you're going to be like, I can't do this no more. (laughs) Okay. Jesus, John 15, 14. He says, we are his friends if we do what he commands us to do. Then he went on to say in that same chapter, verses 15 and 16, he says, we are no longer slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. And we are his friends because he has shared with us everything that the father told him. (coughs) Tell him, say, say, you know what he know. know. (laughs) Say, we know what Jesus know. We have to what Jesus had access to. He gave it to us. He told the disciples, I'm giving it to you. And then they wrote it down. And the apostles and the people that follow him started writing it down so we would have access to it. Amen, somebody. And then watch this. Even the stuff that they didn't write down, Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father. And he's going to send you a helper. And that helper is going to be the comforter. His name is the Holy Ghost. And when he shows up, he's going to bring back to your remembrance not only what I taught you, but everything that I revealed to you. So even some stuff that he taught them, the revelation didn't come to the Holy Ghost showed up. Can I make that plain for you? Some stuff you know, you've been taught already, but you ain't got the revelation of that word because the Holy Ghost ain't activated it in your life. Okay, we'll make it plain for so you can get it. You ever been in the room and you, you can see the words on the paper, but you can't read it? 
And then you need an interpreter because it's in a different language from you. It ain't, in, it ain't in English. It's in another language. And so you need an interpreter to interpret that for you and to make it make sense to you. You can see the words. Amen. You can even try to formulate them with your mouth. You can try to articulate them, but they have no meaning and no impact to you until you get a translator. There is some things in the word. There are some things in the spirit realm that you need to translate in your life. And until you get him in your life, you get no revelation of that. Amen, somebody. And he is a person. He is a living person. He has a personality. You can hurt his feelings. Amen. Okay. Can I make it plain for you? Intimacy and personal stuff. When God gets ready to show you something, the Holy Ghost shows up and says, I'm going to make you read this scripture again. And you be like, I done read it a hundred times. God said, no, I'm going to show you something. And the Holy Ghost says, read it again. This time, listen to me while you read it. This time, instead of hearing you read it, hear me read it to you. This, 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 this is how the Lord does. He said, okay, now I know you know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know that. And you also know that Jesus came into, that God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world but that through him the world might be saved. You know that. Amen? But do you know that there's a greater revelation of that? Oh, God. See, the problem is we miss the believing part. See, some of us say we believe but belief means I trust it. Believing don't just mean I read it. Believing means I trust it to the point that I will live according to what I read. And a lot of us don't believe God on that level. That's why we have not got eternal life yet. Because we don't believe him enough to trust him that Jesus really died for us and that we can have eternal life. And watch this. That's why you come to church and say the church condemning you. Because you don't know and you don't believe who Jesus really is. Uh-oh. Amen, somebody. You know, when you get in your car, you believe your car going to start. You put the key in there in faith. Your faith is in that key and that ignition switch. And you turn that key and you pray that starter clicks on. And that battery jumps that thing off. Amen. You turn it, press the gas, engine fires up, and you go where you're going. But it took you to have to believe that that car could take you where you're going to get in it. Somebody going to get this in a minute. You got to get to the point where you understand I got some keys that the Lord gave me. And all I got to do is get in Christ so he can take me where I'm supposed to go. I got to get in him and use my keys. Okay. Okay. The more you get to know him the more you will trust him. And the more you trust him, the more you'll get to know that he is a friend like no other. <sighs> trust breeds confidence. And whatever you, whenever you learn to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding, you become more confident of this one thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. But you got to have a level of trust in order to activate confidence. I got three things and we can go home. Three points, three points. Y'all still with me? Is this helping anybody? Knowing him fully. Amen. If we're going to, when we, when we really start to know God more fully or fully, then the first thing that happens, he empowers us. He empowers us. Look at verse 16. I pray. That from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. When we strive to know him fully, more fully, the Lord empowers us. To empower is to give power or authority to someone to do something. To empower also is to make something stronger, more confident, to emancipate, to unshackle, or to liberate. And we know that Christ came to set the captives free. Amen? He came to empower you and me. We know that our God is omnipotent. Say all-powerful. 
His power is unlimited and limitless. Unlimited and limitless. Amen? It knows no bounds. It is so powerful, nothing can contain it and nothing can exhaust it. He is able to do exceedingly above all we could ever ask or think. If you thought about it, he could blow your mind doing it. That, that makes sense, y'all. If you thought about it, he could blow your mind by the way he's going to do it. You thought that would be a miracle. Well, how about if he does it on a whole nother level that it's a miracle on top of a miracle on top of a miracle? <laughs> so some of us have got to understand that the more we know him, the more of his power he reveals to us. Tell somebody, say, the more power. See, if you want, you want more power, you need more revelation. I'm going to say that again. If you want more power, you need more revelation. You need more released. Y'all, release, release, release. Shout release. release. So you got to get, the only way to get it released is to trust. Amen. Think about it this way. There's a level in faith that the only way to get some things loose is to pull the level. That's the release level. Y'all get it? So the way to release things in faith is to press on the faith. Put pressure on the faith. Put some weight on the faith. <laughs> Look, lean on it and say, God, I trust you. And until this moves, I ain't going nowhere. So as long as you holding it right here, I'm going to be right here with you, God. When you get ready to release that thing into my life, I'll be standing right where you left me. <laughs> I know, I know some of y'all looking at it. Okay. So you need to understand that the more we know him, the more we'll know that he has empowered us already to overcome the world. Tell him, say, you can overcome the world. You have that power already resident in you. It's just a matter of you believing it. And trusting in it, you've been empowered to overcome the prince of this world. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions, even the two-legged ones. And nothing will otherwise hurt you. Brothers and sisters, if you know the Lord, then you know you have the power to live victoriously. Tell somebody, say, you can live in victory. So why we got so many saints walking around defeated? Look at somebody say, I refuse to be defeated. I am victorious. In Jesus Christ, victory shall be mine. Victory is already mine. Satan, get behind me. You are defeated. You are beneath me and behind me. You look at somebody and say, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the lender, not the borrower. I live victoriously. In Christ Jesus. Even if it ain't manifested yet, it's on the way. I've been, look at somebody say, I've been empowered by his spirit in my inner man. <laughs> you got to know that the Lord has delegated a high degree of grace. Say, say, not just average grace, a high degree of grace. To empower us and enable us with spiritual abilities to carry out kingdom assignments. He empowered us to resist the devil and all of his temptations while we endure persecutions and persevere through every trial. Because he's empowered us in our inner man. <laughs> look at somebody say, my, my outward man may look toe up. This flesh may be toe up. But my inner man is being renewed every day. Though my outward man perish, my inner man is being renewed day by day. Tap somebody say, I'm new today. I don't do what I did yesterday because I'm brand new today. So why would I do what I did yesterday? Why you keep looking at me to do what you saw me do yesterday? I'm doing greater today. Some of us forgot that. Jesus says, greater works than these shall men do. You got to get to the point where you understand that today is the day of greater. I did good yesterday, but I'm going to do much better today. I was doing good yesterday, but I'm going to do much better today. Amen, somebody. And this ain't just about doing better financially. This is about doing better emotionally. Tell somebody, say, I was on solid footing yesterday, but I'm even on better footing today because I know now that God has me. 
Okay, okay. I'm going to tap somebody say, the devil can't take your mind. You have to give it to him. I'm going to say it again. The devil can't take your mind. You have to willingly give it to him. So I am decreeing and declaring over your life today, take back your mind and tell the Lord, renew in me the right spirit and renew my mind, God. Change my mind concerning my life. I thought I couldn't yesterday, but because the Lord got a hold of my mind. Oh, somebody don't care. I couldn't yesterday, but because the Lord got a hold of my mind today, I can. I'm, I'm like Barack Obama now. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, I can. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. So if he empowers me, I got strength. Strength to overcome. Strength to win. Strength to defeat the devil. Strength to conquer my enemies. Strength to get my children saved. Strength to get my household paid off. Strength beyond measure. Woo! Oh, man. Some of y'all looking like, I don't know about all that, Pastor. Well, you better know that you know that you know who you know and what he can do. Not what you can do, what he can do through you. I need a few folks in here who really understand that you've been empowered to jump up and tell the Lord, say, I know you empower me. I know that I'm able to do some stuff that I could not do before. Only because you are in my life, God. I can love the unlovable because you're here. I can be nice to people who can't stand me because the Lord empowers me. I need a few folks who really know what I'm talking about. You know, I, I, I can hold my tongue and let the Lord fight my battles. When I used to cuss folks out, now I bless them out. I tell them that the Lord favors you even when you don't like me. Favor is on my life, be on your life. The blessings of the Lord make it rich and add it no sorrow. You about to walk in a level of favor and anointing just because you messing with me. God's about to show himself to you through me. Woo! Somebody gonna catch this in a minute. Do you, do you understand who you are? Do you know whose you are? Do you know that God just wants to use you to show somebody else here? Okay. Before I met the Lord, I used to do a whole lot of crazy stuff. I ain't the only one. But since I met the Lord, I do a whole lot of stuff that people that don't know him think is crazy. I'm going to say it again. Before I met the Lord, I did a whole lot of stuff that was crazy. But now since I've met the Lord, I do a lot of stuff that people that don't know him think I'm crazy. Amen, somebody. Because what they don't understand is I did lose my mind to the Lord. I gave up control of my will and my mind to him. So now he causes me to do things that I could not do. He causes me to believe him for things that, that I thought were impossible yesterday, but they're very impossible today. Okay, okay. Look at somebody say, he empowers me. You got to put your hands on yourself and say, I got power down on the inside. Holy Ghost power. Power. Wonder working power. In the blood of the Lamb. Give the blood. Give the Lord a hand clap. Celebrate the blood of the Lamb. Second point. Second point. Second point. He embeds us. Say embed. E-M-B-E-D. Embeds us. Look at verse 17. <clears throat> then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down in God's love and keep you strong. So when we begin to strive to know the Lord more fully, he will not only empower us, but he will embed us. When something is embedded, it is placed in or set firmly in something else to enclose it closely in it 
and to make something an integral part of something else. Okay, so, so let me help. So when a seed gets planted in the earth, then the seed is covered and engulfed by the earth. Amen? And the seed does not change until it decides that I'm going to become an integral part of the soil. So let me help you now. It's going to really help you. So <laughs> the seed is still a seed until the soil engulfs it and causes the seed to react to the soil. Then the seed says, before I ever show you who I am, I'm going to let my roots come out first. So the seed establishes its roots and its root system in that thing that has enclosed it. To the point so much so, till if you remove the seed after it has roots, you pull up part of the soil. Long before you ever see a sprout from a plant, it has a deep root system. Tell somebody to say deep-rooted. See, what we got to understand is that God embeds us in him. Jesus says, you dwell in me as I dwell in you. So watch this. The only way to get to the point where you are intimate with God and he embeds you is you got to be in Christ and Christ in you. To the point so much so till people can't see you and not see Jesus. Okay, this is going to help you. Okay, so I just told you about this seed, right? This seed has to have roots before you can ever see the plant. You don't even know what kind of plant it is until the roots are deep. Okay? So you, you can't expect for God to raise you up with shallow roots. You know how all of us are excited. I'm going to be the next great thing since sliced bread in the kingdom and got shallow roots. Surface believers can't do great things in the kingdom. Because any wind of doctrine will cause you to topple over. You, if your roots ain't deep in God's love, look, in God's love, then what happens is when something happens to you after you think you done sprouted up, you don't know how to stand in the love. Okay. Okay, well, I'm going to make it plain for y'all now. Okay, so, so when the plant comes up and the plant gets tall, even if it's an oak tree and it's been living hundreds of years and a hurricane comes through and causes that oak tree to topple over, when that oak tree topples over, everything connected to that root system comes up. So you see the soil that it was planted in. Amen, somebody. So when trouble happens to you, what do we see? When you get turned, when your life get turned upside down, do we see Jesus or do we see your mess? What are you attached to? You got to get to the point where you understand that I got to get so engrafted into God till I'm wrapped up, tangled up, tied up in his love. To the point so much so to even when everything goes crazy, his love shows up. Tap somebody and say, what you embedded in? That, that's why, you know, some people, you can see they, when, when things happen in their lives and, and they get turned upside down or something goes haywire, you see something that ain't godly. That's how come people who have financial woes, who don't tithe, will go play the lotto. Because they ain't rooted and grounded in him and in his love. They don't love God enough to give him a tithe, but they don't trust him. And then when something happens in their life, they get turned upside down. They show you what they believe in, what they rooted in. They rooted in the man systems. They believe that if I play this game of chance, I can get enough to pay my bills. Well, I got a surefire way for you to get your bills paid. Because the word says that if you bring the tithe into the storehouse that there might be meat in his house, then he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And just because I'm planted does not mean I'm embedded. Ooh-wee. When a, when a seed gets in the ground, it ain't embedded until it decides to connect. Did y'all just understand what I just said? Something on the inside tells it you need to really connect. And then it pops the root out. And then watch this. 
it understands that the only reason I am is because the soil is. Somebody going to catch this in a minute. The only reason I am is because Jesus is. The only reason I am is because the Lord is. The only reason I am successful is because the Lord is good. The only reason I know how to love is because the Lord is love. The only reason I am compassionate is because his compassion fell is not. Yes, you need to understand that Jesus, he broke this thing down. He says, yeah, you can't get on a bigger form and become new. See, the seed takes a new form after it's connected to what it's embedded in. See, you can't be a new creature till you get embedded in, in Christ. You, have, you cannot become a new creature, take on a new form, and do new things until you are embedded in his love. Whew. Tell somebody, say, you got to get baptized in the love. When you get baptized in the natural, your clothes and stuff get saturated. But when you get baptized in the spirit, then everything gets wet. Amen? Have you ever been in a real rainstorm when everything got wet? Those of you that's been in the army, you put on them wet suits, you know, you think you're going to stay dry in the right rain and everything's still wet. All the way down to your undergarments. Y'all know, some of y'all ain't never been in a real rainstorm. Socks, shoes, undergarments, everything, and you still got on wet weather gear. Amen? Because the moisture has saturated everything. Nothing is hidden from it. Amen, somebody. So when you understand that when you get embedded in God's love, nothing is hidden from it. So even the parts of your life you thought were unlovable cannot escape him. Okay, okay, okay. See, so we got to get to the point where we understand that Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And the only way you can produce fruit is to stay connected to the vine. Tell him, say, you got to stay connected. Because watch this. You may be able to look like you're doing something, but it will come to naught if you don't stay connected. Then Jesus, he, he helped me with this. He says, you know, branches that disconnect from the vine are useless. If you want to remain useful in the kingdom, stay connected to the vine. Useless branches are to be gathered up in a heap and set ablaze. Tell somebody, say, he'll set some stuff on fire. If it's trash, he's going to burn it up. If it did not originate from him and is not connected to him and his purposes, he will consume it. Mm. that's how you can see some churches go down in a blaze of fire. That's how you can see some ministers not survive in churches, even in churches. Some things didn't come from God. They came from man. Amen, somebody. And God is only obligated to prosper and prevail his purposes. Okay. The more we trust him, the more he'll make his home in our hearts. Tell him, say, in our hearts. So we got, we got to understand that he wants to make his home in our hearts and he wants to be, a, look, he wants to be so intimate with us till we in him and he's in us and he's in our heart to the extent that our will is, is overrun by his will. Yes. That's why I struggle when people say, I don't feel like doing this. When the Lord has called us to do other things. <laughs> Y'all get what I'm saying? Because now you just told God your will trumps his. Your desire is stronger than his. So who you, who, you, who you embedded in? I ain't talking about in the bed with you. Because, you know, some of y'all struggle getting out of the bed because of who you in bed with. When you roll over and look at her and she say, stay with me today, and you say, I'm going to stay home and not go with God, you chose to be in bed instead of embedded. Amen, somebody. And, and the, shame, the shame of it is that there are people who love the Lord and will make a decision to stay home when they know they're supposed to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? And then, then this, this, this really troubles me. When you got an obligation here. When you said the Lord said you're supposed to do this. I didn't say it. You said the Lord said I'm supposed to serve here in this ministry and then when your turn come, you ain't there. Can I, can I say it this way? When you are out of place, you're looking to be replaced. 
So when you show up the next time and you don't have an assignment, you have been because all of us are expendable. You realize all of us are expendable. God can do it with us or without us. Mama, you remember this? One monkey don't stop the show. They got a whole bunch of monkeys in the back. Waiting on their turn. Huh? You think you're the only one that can sing. They about 20 people. I heard y'all singing it down. I was like, them jokers need to get on that stage. <laughs> Man, we sitting saying, I'm the only one that can do this. No, you're not. No, you're not. They just waiting on you not to do it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. See, I need us to get this point. I need us to really get this point. When you're embedded, you take on the nature of what you're embedded to. So we know that God is love. And we know that 1 John 4 says that if you love God, it says God is love. And you cannot love if you do not know God. Did y'all understand what I just said? You cannot love if you do not know God who is love. That's in 1 John chapter 4. You got to get to the point where you understand this, that because God is love and I'm embedded in him, in his love, then I should take on a loving nature. Amen. Amen. So why are there so many mean, nasty church folks? Because they're not in him and he's not in them. They just in the church. We got to get to the point we get. Uh, church is a great thing. Church is designed to introduce people to Jesus and to keep them connected to Jesus. Amen. But the church is failing in that it's not causing people to want to go deeper in Christ. It's causing people to think they're satisfied where they're at because nobody's challenging us to do better. And then when we do get challenged to live better, we get mad with the preacher. When the preacher looks at you and says, stop sinning. Oh, he talking about me now. Not if you ain't sinning. <laughs> preacher says, hey, I need y'all to start giving. Now he's trying to get my money. Not if you already giving. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Okay. Y'all need to become more loving. Now he's trying to tell me who I need to love and who I need to care about. <laughs> Not if you're already loving, caring and compassionate with all people. Amen. Not if you're not selective in who you love. You know, see, you missed this. God so loved the whole world. Even the ones that don't want nothing to do with him, he loved them. Enough to send Jesus for them too. So why in the world can't we be nice to people who don't like us? And then you mean, you mean to the people who really care about you. The ones that will come to your rescue. You don't want nothing to do with them. You don't want nothing to do with the folks that are really going to come and help you. When you get in trouble and you call the church and the very people that will come to your rescue, you don't want nothing to do with them. Amen, somebody. Look at somebody and say, who you embedded with? Okay, let me make this plain for you. Okay, sometimes you got to get to the point where you understand it ain't what you know, but who you know. Do you know the Lord? Do you really know the Lord? Do you know him to the point that he knows you? Even your deepest, darkest, hidden secrets. Have you given him access to your closet in the closet? To that corner back there in the back where you got that thing hidden that you thought he couldn't see? Last point, we going home. Last point. He edifies us. Look at somebody say, he edifies us. Verse 18, may you know, may you have the power to understand as God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. We strive, when we strive to know the Lord fully, he not only empowers us, he not only embeds us, 
but he edifies us. That's right. God's desire that we know him to the point that he can instruct us and build us up and establish us in the most holy faith by reminding us of who he is and what he's done for us. In verse 18, the apostle Paul uses this description of the Lord's love to describe just how vast and enormous and gigantic God's love really is. He uses four dimensions to describe it. In knowing the width of God's love, we are reminded that he stretched his arms out wide on the Calvary's cross and that his arms can reach all the way around the whole wide world and he can touch all of us collectively and all of us individually at the same time. In knowing the length of God's love, we're reminded that he extends from Alpha to Omega, that from eternity past to eternity future, he existed before the foundation of the world and he gonna be here long after this world is gone. And then in understanding the depth of God's love, we're reminded that his love addresses the deepest of human needs, that God loves sinners no matter who they are, where they've been or what they've done. He reaches way down just to pick some of us up. Tell somebody to say, the Lord will pick you up. Even if you thought you were so far from him, you ain't too far for his arms. Hallelujah. You ain't seeing bad enough for God not to touch you. Hallelujah. Am I the only one in here who can testify that the Lord brought me out of a miry pit? That I was stuck, dragged white, on my way to a burning hell and enjoying the trip. But I'm grateful that he snatched me up out of that pit, placed my feet on a solid rock, Amen. Turn my whole life around. And not only did he, look, he, he didn't just establish my goings, he established my coming too. He, he look, watch this. He, he established me and put me on this rock and then he turned my life around and he delivered me from danger seen and unseen. They stuff right now that the Lord is still delivering me from, keeping me from, that I don't have no clue that he did it. But I'm just grateful that he's still watching over me. And then, in knowing the height of his love, we're reminded that the Lord's love reaches even to the very throne room of God. Out of love, Jesus came down from heaven. And his love will lift those of us who choose to believe in him. Remember the song? Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help, love, oh, love, oh, love, love lifted me. Y'all don't know nothing about that, do you? That's old right there. But that song is true, baby. I know that if it had not been for love, I'd have still been stuck. So I'm glad that love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Come on, love, love lifted me. Love lifted. Love lifted me. When nothing else. When nothing else could help. Love. Love lifted me. Love lifted. Love lifted me. Love lifted. Love lifted me. When nothing. When nothing else could help. Love. I just got to tell somebody that he's a lifter of your head. If you're walking around with your head down, lift up your head, oh ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. 
and the King of Glory shall come in. Ah, 2018, the year of purpose. But we got to get to the point where we know him even more fully. Refocus. Get your focus off of all the stuff and focus on him. Amen? Give the Lord some praise all over this house.